Section seven of Farewell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. Farewell by Honoré de Balzac. Translated by Ellen Marriage. Section seven. The Baron de Sucy spent nearly a week in a constant struggle with a deadly anguish, and before long he had no tears left to shed. He was often well-nigh heartbroken. He could not grow accustomed to the sight of the Countess's madness. But he made terms for himself, as it were, in this cruel position, and sought alleviations in his pain. His heroism was boundless. He found courage to overcome Stéphanie's wild shyness by choosing sweetmeats for her, and devoted all his thoughts to this, bringing these dainties, and following up the little victories that he set himself to gain over Stéphanie's instincts, the last gleam of intelligence in her until he succeeded to some extent. She grew tamer than ever before. Every morning the colonel went into the park, and if, after a long search for the countess, he could not discover the tree in which she was rocking herself gently, nor the nook where she lay crouching at play with some bird, nor the roof where she had perched herself, he would whistle the well-known air, Partant pour la Syrie, which recalled old memories of their love, and Stéphanie would run towards him lightly as a fawn. She saw the colonel so often that she was no longer afraid of him. Before very long she would sit on his knee, with her thin, lithe arms about him and while thus they sat as lovers love to do philippe doled out sweetmeats one by one to the eager countess when they were all finished the fancy often took stephanie to search through her lover's pockets with a monkey's quick instinctive dexterity till she had assured herself that there was nothing left and then she gazed at Philippe with vacant eyes. There was no thought, no gratitude in their clear depths. Then she would play with him. She tried to take off his boots to see his foot. She tore his gloves to shreds and put on his hat, and she would let him pass his hands through her hair and take her in his arms, and submit passively to his passionate kisses, and at last, if he shed tears, she would gaze silently at him. She quite understood the signal when he whistled Partant pour la Syrie, but he could never succeed in inducing her to pronounce her own name, Stéphanie. Philippe persevered in his heart-rending task, sustained by a hope that never left him. 
if on some bright autumn morning he saw her sitting quietly on a bench under a poplar tree grown brown now as the season wore the unhappy lover would lie at her feet and gaze into her eyes as long as she would let him gaze hoping that some spark of intelligence might gleam from them at times he lent himself to an illusion he would imagine that he saw the hard changeless light in them falter that there was a new life and softness in them and he would cry stephanie oh stephanie you hear me you see me do you not but for her the sound of his voice was like any other sound the stirring of the wind in the trees or the lowing of the cow on which she scrambled and the colonel wrung his hands in a despair that lost none of its bitterness nay time and these vain efforts only added to his anguish one evening under the quiet sky in the midst of the silence and peace of the forest hermitage monsieur fangeat saw from a distance that the baron was busy loading a pistol and knew that the lover had given up all hope the blood surged to the old doctor's heart and if he overcame the dizzy sensation that seized on him it was because he would rather see his niece live with a disordered brain than lose her for ever he hurried to the place what are you doing he cried that is for me the colonel answered pointing to a loaded pistol on the bench and this is for her he added as he rammed down the wad into the pistol that he held in his hands the countess lay stretched out on the ground playing with the balls then you do not know that last night as she slept she murmured philippe said the doctor quietly dissembling his alarm she called my name cried the baron letting his weapon fall stephanie picked it up but he snatched it out of her hands caught the other pistol from the bench and fled poor little one exclaimed the doctor rejoicing that his stratagem had succeeded so well he held her tightly to his heart as he went on he would have killed you selfish that he is he wants you to die because he is unhappy he cannot learn to love you for your own sake little one we forgive him do we not he is senseless you are only mad never mind god alone shall take you to himself we look upon you as unhappy because you no longer share our miseries fools that we are why she is happy he said taking her on his knee 
nothing troubles her she lives like the birds like the deer stephanie sprang upon a young blackbird that was hopping about caught it with a little shriek of glee twisted its neck looked at the dead bird and dropped it at the foot of a tree without giving it another thought the next morning at daybreak the colonel went out into the garden to look for stephanie hope was very strong in him he did not see her and whistled and when she came he took her arm and for the first time they walked together along an alley beneath the trees while the fresh morning wind shook down the dead leaves about them the colonel sat down and stephanie of her own accord lit upon his knee philippe trembled with gladness love he cried covering her hands with passionate kisses i am philippe she looked curiously at him come close he added as he held her tightly do you feel the beating of my heart it has beat for you for you only i love you always philippe is not dead he is here you are sitting on his knee you are my stephanie i am your philippe farewell she said farewell the colonel shivered he thought that some vibration of his highly wrought feeling had surely reached his beloved that the heart-rending cry drawn from him by hope the utmost effort of a love that must last for ever of passion in its ecstasy striving to reach the soul of the woman he loved must awaken her oh stephanie we shall be happy yet a cry of satisfaction broke from her a dim light of intelligence gleamed in her eyes she knows me stephanie the colonel felt his heart swell and tears gathered under his eyelids but all at once the countess held up a bit of sugar for him to see she had discovered it by searching diligently for it while he spoke what he had mistaken for a human thought was a degree of reason required for a monkey's mischievous trick philippe fainted monsieur fangin found the countess sitting on his prostrate body she was nibbling her bit of sugar giving expression to her enjoyment by little grimaces and gestures that would have been thought clever in a woman in full possession of her senses if she tried to mimic her paroquet or her cat oh my friend cried philippe when he came to himself 
this is like death every moment of the day i love her too much i could bear anything if only through her madness she had kept some little trace of womanhood but day after day to see her like a wild animal not even a sense of modesty left to see her so you must have a theatrical madness must you said the doctor sharply and your prejudices are stronger than your lover's devotion what monsieur i resign to you the sad pleasure of giving my niece her food and the enjoyment of her playtime i have kept for myself nothing but the most burdensome cares i watch over her while you are asleep i go monsieur and give up the task leave this dreary hermitage i can live with my little darling i understand her disease i study her movements i know her secrets some day you shall thank me End of section seven. Recording by Martin Geeson in Hazelmere, Surrey.